to the audio-only version of American RVer. To see the video podcast, go to AmericanRVer.com and click on the video link for the show on the homepage. Thanks for joining us at American RVer. On this show, we speak with Ron Jones, who has been on our show several times. Ron tells us about planning for Alaska and a little about his printed books and the ones you can get as ebooks on his website. Next, Peggy heads to the kitchen and shows you how to make your own bread and butter pickles. We hope you enjoy this edition of American RVer. Welcome to this edition of American RVer. We're sitting here in sunny Florida in the wintertime, and what are we thinking about? Alaska. Makes sense, right? But Alaska in the summertime. And who's with me but Ron Jones, the expert on traveling to Alaska by RV, or by ferry, or by car, or however you want to get there. And uh, we want to talk about some of his Alaska books and also talk about some of the other books that he has available for you electronically. Thanks for joining me, Ron. Well, thank you for asking. I uh, appreciate being here. Yeah, we do have Alaska books, and now it's time to, uh, it, it's time to be planning that trip if you're, if you're going to go this summer. Uh, the planning has to take place, you know, in the winter up through about, oh, let's say middle of April. Uh -huh. And at that time, you know, you need to be ready to go about the middle of May. That's but, when uh, you want to cross into Canada from the U.S. about the middle of May? Yeah, that, that's roughly the best time uh, to cross over. We say, you know, be up into Canada a little bit about Memorial Day okay. and you're good. You're good. And that gives you, it gives you plenty of time for the trip, gives you plenty of time in Alaska and uh, plenty of time to get back. It's can, a three month trip. Can you run into snow though in May going through Canada? Well, there's a rule of thumb that they, they sort of follow up there and you, you almost have to kind of think this through, but it works like this. Uh, Whitehorse, which is a really nice small city in the southern part of the Yukon territory, uh, White, and everybody goes through Whitehorse. The okay. Alaskan Highway goes through there. If you go up the western route, you have to. You end up going through Whitehorse. Okay. The rule is you need to be south of Whitehorse before Memorial Day and after Labor Day. So that means you don't go too early and you don't stay too late. Otherwise, historically, you may get in the snows. And it happened to us the last trip we were up there on our way back, we were actually south of Whitehorse about the middle of September. And we had one day of snow. We had okay. one day where we had snow on the coach. Wasn't bad, no bad driving conditions, but we did hit snow. Uh, you've got some, there are no tall mountains up there. You're not driving over any tall mountains. The, 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 the highest elevation and the trip up and back is 4,200 feet. Oh, is that all? Yeah, that's You've all. got higher mountains in the U.S. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And they got higher mountains once you get up into Alaska. Right. But the trip up and back is really not, you know, no, there's no extreme drives doing that. Mm -hmm. So crossing over, yeah, you, you just, just think of Memorial Day and Labor Day as your two key, two key dates. And in between, you're on your way up or back or right. spending time there. How long typically should you plan between Whitehorse and say, if you're entering in Montana or in Washington state? 
Well, and it, I know it de depends on how much you want to see and how much you're going to stop. Well, well not only how much, yeah, and, and, and my philosophy is, i got to say this carefully, sort of don't be a tourist on the way up. Okay. And, and what I mean by that is that if you're going to, if you're going, if you're going a long distance, what, and Alaska is certainly a long distance, then on your way up, you need to get there as early as possible. Now, I'm not talking about hard driving or massive days, none of that. Take your time, but don't be a tourist. I talk to numerous people who tell me, oh, we're going up this summer and we're going to spend a couple weeks in Banff Jasper Park on our way up. I say, don't do that. Just go on up to Alaska. Once you get there, what I, what I tell people, well, once you get there, if you absolutely hate it, turn around and come back. If you absolutely love it, then you've got maximum time you can spend in your farthest destination. South. No, you've got maximum oh. time you can spend in Alaska. Okay, gotcha. Because you got there as soon as you could. Okay. Now then, on the way back, you can be a tourist at any place you want. If you want to spend two weeks in Banff on the way back, that's great. But if you if you liked Alaska that well that you put your extra time in there and you had to get back, it's always easier in the future to get back to Banff rather than getting back to Alaska. So so get up there wherever you're going. It could be Alaska, it could be Newfoundland, any long distance trip, just get there and then be a tourist coming back. Okay. Do you, did you have a preference in terms of how you went to visit places in Alaska? Did you like go to Fairbanks first and then go on down to Anchorage or did you start in the south and kind of make your way up? You know, start in Juneau, take the ferry over and all of that. We typically go up when we drive up, we typically drive to Fairbanks. Now Fairbanks is a, is the northernmost destination that we drive to. In an you, RV. In an RV. You can drive north of Fairbanks only if you've lost your mind, okay? <laughs> because north of Fairbanks, it goes on up to the Arctic, toward the Arctic Circle, goes up to Prudhoe Bay, for example, where the oil fields are. And, and people talk about going up there and, and sticking their finger in the Arctic Ocean. But you can't get to the Arctic Ocean because the oil companies have leased the lands up there and they won't let you on those lands. Oh. So you can't get there. Plus, it's 400 miles of gravel. Oh. Now, I don't consider gravel a highway. Right. Well, so we go to Fairbanks and spend time in Fairbanks, and then we sort of meander south down through Alaska to see those things that we we want to see, places we want to see, Anchorage uh, down on spend time in the, down on the Kenai Peninsula, and if we come out, we can come out through Palmer, Wasilla, and go down to Haines, go down to Valdez, and so forth. That's just a it's not the only route. It's, not, it's you know to make it through Alaska, but it's a it's an efficient route to mm -hmm. make it to Alaska, and because and you're going the furthest north first, and then making your way west your and way south. Back. Yeah, 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 due south. Well, there are not that many miles really in Alaska of paved road that you're going to be driving on, isn't that true? Well, that's somewhat true. What happens is, even though Alaska is the largest state. Uh, the number of places you can drive, I'll call it a big rig, you know, mm -hmm. like a, a big motorhome, a big fifth wheel, tow a big fifth wheel, or anything like that, 
is limited. And when I say limited, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it's it's really tight or small or anything like that. What happens is, just think about it this way: uh, there's uh, there's it's estimated that there's the same number of miles of drivable highway in Alaska as there is in Vermont, and Alaska is 62 times bigger than Vermont. <laughs> so, okay. uh, so I mean, it's good paved road. It's it's typically two lane. There's some four lane. Uh, like it's, you know, it's like going to Hawaii. Everybody jokes about there's no interstates in Hawaii, but yet there is. And uh, and the same thing with Alaska. Good highways, but town to town to city to to whatever, not out in the boondocks. They, there's no highways out there. You can't go out there. Right. If you go out there, you take a bush, you know, bush plane, and get one of the bush pilots to fly you there. Okay. So so once you get in. It, and from that, I've had people ask me, well, if there isn't, if there isn't much driving to do, you know, can I knock it out in a couple of weeks? Yes, you can, but you'll miss everything. So you need that time. You still need, you still need a couple months in state. So you really need to be able to park your RV and take your car. And run around. Yeah, exactly, in your car. And, and I know there are lots of parking areas. I know there's campgrounds. There's also pull-offs along the side of the road. Yeah probably Walmart parking or big box store parking. I'm not sure about that. But is it safe to leave your RV and take off with the car? Do you have any issues with that? Well, one of the things we do is up and back and, and are running around in state is there's a huge, huge number of pull-offs. Uh, some of them just gigantic pull-offs. They're all over the place. My assumption, and I can't prove this, and I've asked, is that they have so many, but I'm guessing it's because of the really bad weather they can have in the winter. It gives everybody a chance to pull off if you need to pull off. Oh. Well, these, these pull-offs, and, and I've literally counted as many as three of them per mile, they're more than any other state and, and, and any Canadian province I've been to. Mm -hmm. And they're, 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 they're so gigantic for the most part that you could, you could put 20 or 30 big motorhomes in one. Oh my goodness. And, and not be crowded. And some of them just have beautiful views. You're next to a lake, you're next to the mountains, you're next to the river, just gorgeous. So when I check with the, uh, the Alaskan State Police up there and doing my research, uh, it's okay to spend the night at these places unless they're marked. There's a sign that says, you know, no overnight parking. But frankly, we rarely, rarely saw a sign. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we saw a sign two times in the whole summer. Well, those are fine, especially going up and back and running around some in state. But also in state, we recommend a campground if you're going to stay at a location for several days. Okay. Like when we go to Fairbanks, we love Fairbanks. It's a great little city. It's a city that, that feels like a small town. There's a ton of things to see. There's good restaurants, there's shopping, there's everything you want. We spend about a week in Fairbanks, but we always make a reservation at a campground. Okay. Okay. But to, to back to your question, can you leave your car? We don't leave our car in these pull-offs because we're going up and back, and there's really- No reason to unhook. There's no reason. Uh, uh, 
but you could pull off early in the afternoon, <clears throat> enjoy the sunset, get your chairs out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and that's oh, actually, exact... there won't be a sunset, will there? <laughs> <laughs> no, depends on the time of year. <laughs> For the most part, there's a sunset about, but it's about 2.30 in the morning. Right, yeah. It's like, whoop. So. <laughs> okay, so traveling in, in Alaska, um, what about coming back on the ferry? I know you've got a book that talks about the ferry, so we don't need, need to go into great detail about that. And that book is available as an e-book, or is it just a hard copy now? Well, I actually got... It's a little bit confusing on the website, and I've had several people ask me this. There's three Alaska books on the website, but the easy way to think about them is one's got a green cover and the other two have blue covers. Okay, and it's just that simple. It show up on the on the books on the on my uh, on my little bookstore page. The green cover book is a is a real book. It's a printed book, and it's up to date. And, and everything is in it. It's how to drive your RV up and back and also ferry information. Okay. Okay? But it, and, and a lot of people want the real book and turn the pages, paper in hand and so forth. So they get that. The other alternative, alternative is I've had a number of people ask me for eBooks. So I took the green book, the content, Mm -hmm. And broke it in half, and created two eBooks. Now eBooks are downloadable only. You can download them at any device. You can put them on your big computer. You can put them on your iPad, your phone, whatever you want. They're just—it's just a PDF file. Is what it amounts to. And you—you you buy a book just like you buy an eBook anyplace else. The—the—the the, the one blue Alaska cover is how to drive up and back. And the other one is ferry information. So those two blue books are roughly the equivalent to the one green book. Okay. The green book is paper only, real book in hand. The blue books are e-books only, must be downloaded to a device. Well, we know that you have a lot more skill, skills and knowledge than just driving to Alaska. So what other e-books are available? Well, there's several. What, what, what I've done or what I'm doing uh, over time is uh, is transitioning the all my books to ebooks. Right now, we have the two Alaska books as ebooks. I have the two full timing books as ebooks, and my latest two, which one is uh, buying an RV, that's how to look at it and so forth. And secondly, called the best RV trips in North America, that's an ebook, and. Okay. Uh, uh, those work fine. I'll transition the other three, which are again real books, printed books, over eventually. I don't know. I don't have a, a deadline to do that. Right. Good. How does somebody get your information? What What's your website? Well, it's easy. You just go to aboutrving.com. Just the word aboutrving.com, and you click on the store. It's there. there it's my website. It's all there. Perfect. Thanks, Ron. Sure. Appreciate you taking some time out of your beautiful, sunny, summer-like weather in Florida. And uh, we'll look forward to some sunny, summer-like weather in Alaska. Thanks for joining us. We'll be right back. Thank you. Get over to your kitchen so you can make some delicious bread and butter pickles. That's up next.
Want to replace your halogen or fluorescent lights with cool, energy-efficient LEDs? Then check out www.ledrvlighting.com. They specialize in interior LED RV lighting. With low prices, a good selection, and fast delivery, you can't beat them. You can even get LED tubes that directly replace your fluorescent lights, quick and easy. Go to www.ledrvlighting.com, your best source for RV LED lights. What I thought we'd do today on American RVers cooking segment is make bread and butter pickles. Now this is something I grew up with. My mom did a lot of canning when I was growing up. And it's not something that I remembered how to do until I looked it up online. And I thought I would have to have a water bath canner and all that, and I thought I couldn't do that in an RV. But as it turns out with these pickles, you do not have to do that extra step of canning them in the jars. You're just gonna basically put them in the jars and they'll be fine all by themselves. So what we're gonna start with, of course, are cucumbers. And I just got the cucumbers from the market. You don't want to keep the end that has a little stem on it and make them about an eighth of an inch thick. You don't want your pickles too thick, or maybe you do, so make them however thick you'd like them to be. I'm going with about an eighth of an inch. So the first thing is to cut up all your cucumbers, and then when they're done, we're gonna actually do some salting. Oh, I lost one. I'll wash that one before we put that in the pickle jar. So cut up your cucumbers. Once you're done cutting up your cucumbers, we are going to put them in the refrigerator for about an hour. And what we're gonna do is add some salt. Now my recipe calls for kosher salt. I didn't have that, so I'm just gonna use regular salt. And what that is gonna do is draw some of the moisture out of the cucumbers themselves. And again, I'm not using either end. So let's put those in the bowl. It calls for a tablespoon and a half of salt and actually one and a half uh, pounds of cucumbers. I'm making a smaller batch here. So I'm gonna be bad, I'm not even gonna measure. I'm just gonna pour some salt in make sure all those cucumbers are covered, and then we're gonna let them sit in the refrigerator for an hour. After that hour is up, you're gonna take those uh, cucumbers out of the refrigerator, and now this is a very important step. You're gonna to need to rinse them. So I'm just gonna put them in a colander, and I'm gonna rinse that salt off, and then our next step is gonna to be to go ahead and make the brine that's going to um, go over the top of the cucumbers. So we'll get those rinsed off. I think I'll just leave those in the sink until we're ready for them. But they actually um, are starting to look like pickles already. Okay, moving on. I've got just a little saucepan. And to that saucepan, I'm gonna add a cup of white vinegar. Vinegar is, of course, what's gonna make the pickle flavor, which is awesome. I have a half a cup of apple cider vinegar. And then there's a little sweetness to the bread and butter pickles. So we have a quarter of a cup of brown sugar. And I guess I'll need a spoon for that because it is tightly packed. So get all that in your pan. And now what we're gonna do is bring that to a boil. And I'm gonna add some spices in just a second as well. So let me just get this going. Put that up on high. Next thing I'm gonna add is one and a half teaspoon of mustard seeds. You can find those anywhere in any of the markets. So one and a half teaspoons. And the other thing I should mention before I go too far is a lot of times uh, people will put onions in their pickles. So I have actually cut up about a half an onion for my size of recipe. 
and uh, try to cut it as thin as you can. Uh, it doesn't really matter, but they're going to pickle as well, and they're going to taste so great. So after the one and a half teaspoons of mustard seeds, I have a half a teaspoon of celery seed. Same thing, you can find those in the market. And for some reason, I actually happen to have these, so must be I did some cooking at one time. And then turmeric, and that is going to give you that nice color that you normally associate with a pickle. You don't need a lot of it, just an eighth of a teaspoon. So that is going to make my liquid that is going to pickle those cucumbers. And what I'm going to do is bring that to a boil. Now that this has come to a full rolling boil, I'm going to turn that off. And basically we're going to add the liquid to the cucumbers. So what I'm going to do is add my onions to my cucumbers. And then I'm basically just going to pour the liquid over everything. And that's all there is to it. You're going to let this sit on the counter for an hour. Make sure everything is covered by the liquid. And then after it's sat there for an hour, you're basically just going to put it in jars and uh, put the jars in the refrigerator. So no messiness, no water bath canning. You're basically just getting that brine together or that pickling liquid together, pouring it over your cucumbers and your onions and letting it sit for an hour at room temperature. And that's as easy as it is to make bread and butter pickles in your RV. And they will taste just as good as what you remember as a child or what you'll find in the store. So thanks for staying with us on this edition of American RV. Or if you want this recipe, go to our website at AmericanRVER.com. Mm -hmm.